Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. The internet's full of true crime podcasts. More and more are added to the list every day. Figuring out where to start or where to go next can be overwhelming. But have no fear, I'm here to help. I'm Bob Ruff, and this is the place to find your next true crime binge. I'm joined today by Wendy and Beth from the Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color podcast. And and I have to say, I'm a little disappointed. Every time I've ever come across you guys has been at CrimeCon and and you have amazing wigs and costumes <laughs> and you guys are looking very like plain normal. today, normal. Yeah, you're like, not gonna believe this. We are regular schmegular degular girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Like that's not what I was expecting at all. I was waiting for oh. the pink wigs. Oh damn the- it. Well, I guess we should have worn our wigs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, I guess that means I'll have to have us on again. Yeah, there we go. Next next time you'll have the wigs on. Um <laughs> So I don't know if you guys remember, but I met you guys briefly. Not I meant to get to stop by and talk to you guys at this week's this year's Crime Con, but I was too busy running around. Yeah, it I, was, I met it you was briefly insane. last year. Yes, Austin. I do. I do remember. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. So in this year, you guys were you guys you guys spoke at Crime Con. You did a a live show. Yep. Yeah. We did. We did. We did one last year too. But oh, did you? Obviously, Crime Con was a lot smaller last year. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Right. How did how it did your live show go this year? It went it great, I thought. Ruled. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was That's fun. What you, guys, what you guys think of the setup? The whole like in the middle of I couldn't decide. We did one in there too, a live podcast, and I couldn't decide if I liked it or hated it. I I thought it was okay, but I liked the way they did it last year better when we were on a stage and it was more formal, I guess. Everybody in the room was for sure there to listen to, to you. To listen, so, yeah. 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 For for those of you listening, the way they did it this year's CrimeCon, like in the middle of Podcast Row, they set up the stage in the so there was like for me it was hard when I was on stage mm-hmm. trying to focus on what I was doing because I was like watching right everything else going on around me. While yeah. yeah. Last year with the stage and it was one of the pluses was it was dark out in the <laughs> audience, so you couldn't see anybody, and so you couldn't see their reactions, which I. I'm very empathetic, so <laughs> when I see people's reactions, I get affected and and uh, I go off off course. So <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked so, yeah. it. I mean, the only downside was that it was loud, but it was yeah, cool it was very people loud. who might not have ever like given two shits about us were forced to listen to us, which <laughs> I enjoyed. <laughs> right there's like there's some people up there that I hear laughing. I'm gonna check this out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, let me get to know you guys a little bit. I have I this Erica's really slack in here. I have very little information on you guys. She did see normally she must still be Erica. tired from Crime Con. I know because usually she 
She makes trips and she she sits outside your house for a few weeks and stalks you and go. She goes through your trash and just everything to find out a lot about you. Wow, she's um, good. She sounds good. Keep her. Give her a raise. Oh yeah, yeah. She's the best. Um, now I'm, I'm start with Wendy and I, and she has this in quotes. So I'm guessing this must be from your website. But I want to know what all this means. So Wendy, it says, "quote African American Latinx queer millennial." Um. Can you break all that down for me? <laughs> break all that down. So um, I was born in the mid 80s, which makes me oh. a millennial. Okay. Um, and uh, my f- dad is African-American and my mom is Central American. Um, okay. So that's where the um, black Latinx um, identity comes from. And I'm queer. I just happen to be married to a man. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's me. That's that's you. So you're can you now this is this is total ignorant straight white guy talk um but i always whenever i have yeah (laughs) i always whenever i have diverse guests on i try to educate not only myself and my audience uh so the the term queer like how does that is that so we're not i'm older than you but not by much i'm barely a millennial okay um but like in my day that was like that was a slur almost and i'm seeing it used more and, and i've had People tell me like, no, this is how you should refer to people, and then, but there's there's still still part of me that remembers playing like like smear the queer when I was eight years oh, old, yeah. uh-huh. and so it has uh-huh. a very negative. So so, it, but is is that is that termed like something that is acceptable? Some of you know, idiot straight white guys like me should use to describe people, even if we don't necessarily know, you know, how they identify. So if you don't know, I think a good place to start is by acknowledging, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, B, if uh, you should you ask. Um, so but, he's doing uh, a great job so far. Yes. Yeah, so, so far, five yeah. stars. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I prefer the term queer. I think um, throughout, I'm, and I'm not, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties r- right now, but I've kind of evolved like at one mm-hmm. point i thought i was fully gay <laughs> and then i was okay. like no i'm not really and then you know and then i like bisexual didn't really like fit and it's just um queer sort of for me encompasses sort of the possibility of being capable of loving anybody um so that's how i gotcha. look at it um and i think lgbtq is perfectly acceptable um queer i think i see it as a gen as a general term i think many mm-hmm. cutie pock queer um, trans people of color see it that way too as queer is like an an umbrella for all of it sure um if lgbtq plus ia is just too much to say <laughs> <laughs> right. it know? is it is a pretty pretty long thing <laughs> to say so there I you like go it. well and, and i appreciate that like the explanation because oftentimes i'm given advice on how to you know kind of our ever-evolving society how to address things but it's always like it's always like a straight white person telling me how I should not offend someone from another, you know, orientation or gender or, or race. Yeah. And I was just like, but I feel like maybe I should ask them. Yeah. Should, but yeah. That, that, that straight white person who's telling you, maybe they asked or had a conversation with a friend or loved one who's in that community and uh-huh. they were educated. So they're just spreading the knowledge. Um, but, but it I, is I, always I best to t- get it from the source. Yeah, I understand your trip, well, your awesome. reluctance. So, well, it, it's it's wonderful to meet you. Uh, it, to actually, be able to have a conversation with you. 
Um, and I'm told right that on. you you work in an office with Beth, and that's how you guys met was through was through work and yes. and uh, <laughs> wait yep. one of you one of you was hung over during a training session. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this. Oh, do you, oh, Wendy? Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> when I, fir- I first, I first started, <laughs> um, Beth was like training me on like the systems, and um, I was, I happened to be hungover that day, and I was, I was worried that she would like have noticed, but she didn't. Anyway, that was like our first interaction, <laughs> so that's why dumb. it stuck out in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> like trying to not be hungover, and I'm like, I'm like on a recovery journey now, so I remember like you know all of those things all of those all those times they haunt you yeah they do so (laughs) (laughs) and and so beth again this and why are the are these this must be like from your website or something because again i have quotes for beth that says a gen xer i'm out i myself i'm also a gen xer a gen xer in the show's resident og of true crime Who just happens to be white? It's yep, it's, yep, yeah, I'm white. And we, yeah, we, we okay. say it's it's not her fault that she is it's white. <laughs> <laughs> we love her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so is that what you guys have like written on your website or your, your uh, social? Yeah, what you what you're quoting is what's on our website, but she always says it on our our podcast that it's not my fault that I'm white. Yeah. <laughs> it's not your <laughs> it's, it's so you guys now beth you have you have a couple of degrees in art yeah uh but you work you work in you both work in customer service no i work in customer service uh wendy does something else <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we're kind of vague about about our jobs yeah uh, it really doesn't anonymous. matter yeah yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, I assume I just assume that you you work in an art gallery that you get your customer service and another. <laughs> oh job yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did get my I like degree in art. Um, I have a degree in uh, fine art in painting and also in graphic design. But um, you know, it's hard to hard to find jobs, and I'm actually um, glad that I didn't get a job in graphic design because I did some freelance work and uh i hated it so (laughs) 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 i i like doing stuff um like i do this the artwork for the podcast and stuff so yeah i i enjoy doing my own work but working with other people and trying to please them and doing things that i'm like oh no that's no good (laughs) and then putting that out as my product I, i did not enjoy doing that so I, I imagine it's much easier to create what's in your own mind yes. rather than dealing with. I'm the worst. So like, too, like anything art, music, I'm the absolute worst about it because I have no artistic part of my brain. Like it just got left out. <laughs> I thought you do it, the art for the show. Do the art. I do. For the show. Well, I do some of the logo work. Um. Uh. But usually, if you notice, it's just like a couple photos. Like I'm not creating anything. I'm just like layering and blending photos. I can do that. But I don't have like an Im- so Shane Yoder from PutThemInASong.com does all of our music for Truth and Justice and for True Crime Binge, and I'm always like, okay, I'm looking for this season's uh, uh, title track, I'm looking for something that's got kind of a I don't know like a drummy vibe or like I I can't communicate what I have in my head, and then he'll give me some like track. He's like, well, what do you think about this? And I'll be like, uh, I don't like it. 
He's like, well, why not? And I'm like, um, uh. it's too. It's not drummy enough. Or, like, I, like, I don't know the word it's I'm looking for. It's just a language that uh, if you're in the industry, you learn. If you're not in the industry, you don't, you know, it's like trying to speak Spanish when you only know a few words. <laughs> right. I think Shane and I damn near end our friendship at the beginning of every season during the process of creating a theme song. Like, first of all, that's, that motherfucker loves him a xylophone. Oh. And he tries it every season. Oh, he but tries to put that xylophone in instrument. there. Yeah. <laughs> tries yeah. to sneak in a xylophone here and there. Every time. I'll be like, I'll tell him like, look, we're looking for kind of a vibe like this. Like in our, our current season, I'm like, I'm, it's like Southern California, teenagers. Uh, I'm thinking like a chili peppers type vibe right. to it. And he gives me something. I'm xylophone. Like, like Goddamn circus. Like, There's a xylophone. Why is there a xylophone? <laughs> There was no xylophone in the red hot chili pepper. <laughs> yeah, but like I feel like, uh, that's the sound I imagine if I was like go- going to lose. If I was losing my mind, it would be the soundtrack would be a xylophone. A xylophone. Yeah, yeah. It, it always sounds good, but it never matches like what I have. Like I'll have in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, it's gonna sound like this, and then they'll send me something that's actual music instead of my crazy brain. And then I'm just like, I don't, I'm like, listen, all I hear is do, 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 like, you gotta lose it. It's gotta go. It's gotta go. That's so funny. Every single time. Um, but, and then like, I'm dealing with some t-shirt people, we're, do, we're starting to do some merch, and it's the same thing. Like, I'm trying to be like, art, you know, I want something that looks like, I don't know, kind of like, the, and I, I can't communicate art into words. To, right. So I imagine you as a graphic designer have a bunch of people like me that are like, that it's kind of like my wife picking where to go out to dinner, you know, like right. there, anywhere. <laughs> and then, well, how about not, here? No, not there. No, not there. definitely, no, not, definitely there. not there. <laughs> well, how about this? Nope. Well, then where? I don't care. You pick. I don't care. Like, that's me trying to pick a design for a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. So you guys, uh, you guys have been around for coming up on four years now. You started in July of 2018. 2018 yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So how'd you have the how'd you guys come up with the idea of starting a podcast? Um, well, uh it started out we both discovered that we loved podcasts, specifically true crime podcasts. I think at one point Beth was like, Look at my phone, I have hundreds on my, you know, feed. And I was like, Bitch, that's nothing. So we were like going yeah. back and forth and um we then, were just talking uh, about just true talking crime. about them a lot, yeah. yeah. And then Atlanta Monster came out, and um, we were both um, sort of exchanging stories. Like before Atlanta Monster came out, I was like, "Have you heard of this one? Have you heard of that one?" She was like, "I know all these already." Like, and I was new. <laughs> I was sort of new to the true crime space. Like my introduction to true crime was like OJ Simpson and and Dateline, and that was kind of the extent uh-huh. of my knowledge. And so I discovered true crime podcasts. She knew all about them, and then Atlanta Monster came out, and it dawned on me like there are no black serial killers right and she was like actually uh, there are and here's why you don't know about them and i was like fuck this is crazy and she was like you know what we should start a podcast about it and i was like okay let me get back to work i'll see you later and she just kept like you know reintroducing the idea very gently and um Uh eventually we were like Uh, eventually she succumbed yeah let's do it (laughs) So, so what are those reasons? Like, cause I'm the same way. So I was actually, um, uh, having drinks with Jim Clemente at, at CrimeCon and we were like going through the schedule and he saw, and he was just like reading out loud and he was like, 
Fruit Loops uh, serial killers of color. And he goes, hmm. And I was like, oh, I was like, is that there? like there aren't many, are there? And he goes, there's more than you think there are. Yeah. And, but we kind of got got distracted. You didn't talk about us all night. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, what we got into, I was like, yeah, but Beth and Wendy, like, forget the serial killers. Let's talk about Beth and Wendy for a little while. Did you see their fabulous pink hair? And then we <laughs> talked about it for several hours. Of course. Um, after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so. But you said that there is, you know, the, the uh, Wendy, you said that Beth told you that, well, there are, but this is why people don't know. So what are those reasons? Why don't people know about about uh, serial killers of color? They're not reported on in the media as much as um, white serial killers. And the reason that is, is because most um, serial killers choose victims of their own race and so mm-hmm. most of the victims are people of color, and uh, the media just doesn't seem to care. <clears throat> right. That's what I was wondering. Is it have more to do with the with the victims? Yes. Because it because yep. it is kind of a rarity for serial killers to cross racial lines. Uh, it happens, with their victims. but yeah. uh, for the most part, they they uh, they do choose victims of their own race, and it has to do with proximity and uh, community stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, you got you guys have and you guys you don't only talk about serial killers, right? I think I've listened to a couple of your episodes where you were. Uh, yeah, we we venture out into uh, different stories. Um, international, international, um, yeah. Sometimes spree killers. We, and sometimes just big, like big one. Big stories, yeah. yeah big stories. Yeah. We like to cover um, cases that happen in different places because we like to cover the history and the culture. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the, the episodes that I've listened to. You always seem to add a little bit of background. Yeah, to it. It, it's it's. I like the I like the vibe of it because it's it's definitely there's some lightheartedness to the way you guys handle talking about some heavy of these issues. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, but then you also you get a little bit of an education while you're doing it. Can you give people like so if, if someone here listening to us today hasn't checked out Fruit Loops yet? What what would how would you describe what they can expect from from a, an average episode? Take it away, Wendy. Oh, I <laughs> the quick the quickest way is like if my favorite murder and stuff you missed in history class had a baby, that'd be Fruit Loops. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so and um we I guess to break that down further is we talk about true crime. We have a good time doing it, um, and we also get into the context because another thing that Beth touched to you know expound about upon what she talked about is the victims don't get um, the coverage they also don't get the context um, we covered a case really recently where the serial killer um, did venture out into killing people of different races and the reports on the white women why the white women had jobs and family members when they were characterized in the new, in the news articles about them but the um, women of color who were murdered were not they were just um, women who drank in taverns. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's co- there's context um, that um, we think is important. So we add those to the story. So that's where the setting part and the early life part come come into play, and the culture corners that we add to each case come in, come into play. That's awesome. It really is a good a good education too that you get, especially for as I said, the straight white man that's listening to like, oh. you know. It's 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 a it's a super interesting perspective on everything, uh, and you guys release weekly. Yes. Yep. Weekly. What what days of the week do you guys drop your episodes? 
Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then we do bonus episodes for our Patreons. For your Patreons. <laughs> Patreons, yeah. I've decided it's French. Um, okay, so. I dig it. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Been thinking about starting a true crime bin, Patreon. But, there you uh, go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll subscribe. Yeah, my, my, my only issue with it is that I have to, you know, in order to do it, I want to make sure I provide more value to people. And I have, with Truth and Justice and the follow-up and True Crime Binge every week, it's like, man, now, now I need to come up with extra time to do some kind of extra content yeah. for the Patreon. Uh, <laughs> well, like we, on our on our Patreons, we talk about whatever the fuck we want. But uh, <laughs> um, we, we talk about True Crime News, but also politics. Um, we just last week talked about the Buffalo shooting, which is a true crime story and also a story about race. It's right up our alley. So we we got into it. Um, yeah. So, so we, we have a hard time finding time to do those things, too, because we have regular jobs and families yeah. and yeah. other things we need to do. So it we decided to take earlier early on in the podcast, we had a news segment. So we just cut that out and uh, we record it for the Patreon <laughs> so we Can were doing it anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were so doing we, it anyway. Yeah, just we're made doing it extra. Yeah, we just uh cut it out and and do that for the Patreon. Have you guys done any kind of like like live streaming on Patreon with your patron, your your patrons? <laughs> <laughs> we've done um Zoom calls. That's all we've done. Yeah, no live streaming yet. Why have you? Yeah. Do you have any tips? No, well, I, no, I'm thinking about doing it. We do um, on Truth and Justice. We do um, like a video behind the scenes in, of our follow up episodes. Um, but we were talking about doing like a cocktail hour, where like because it's something I don't have to prepare for. I can just like sit down, yeah, and, just and show up, bring and, people in, yeah. and chat. Right. I haven't figured out how to do any of that yet. Yeah, just... we've talked about it, but we just like like you, we don't have a lot of time, so. <laughs> Uh, if we could just have one more hour in the day and like a bunch of assistance, we could totally make tons more content. Yeah, right. that's all yeah. it would take. Yeah, right? yeah. I, maybe I'll, Erica, you can. Erica's on the call now. You can. Uh, why don't you work that out for us? Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, you. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, and actually, did, you. Yeah. You record it too. You just you be me and edit it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Edit the whole thing too. That'd be it's all within your purview. That'd be I'm awesome. Sure. <laughs> That'd be great. She does everything else for this show, uh, so she might as well do that too. <laughs> so, and speaking of everything you do, do you guys you guys do all of your production work and editing and everything? You do it all yep. yourselves, or yep. That's yeah. That's all Beth. Um, she is super techy and technical, and she's also a perfectionist. Because um, if I be put, if I were to putting out these episodes, they would be a mess. So right. she, she is. That's all her. You do all of it, and then and then uh, Beth, your sister, uh, Erica, your sister Minnie also helps you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she started doing some research for us. Like I guess the beginning of this year was mm-hmm. it? Yeah, because <clears throat> it got to be because uh, we do all the research and everything too. And it just got to be like really hard. <laughs> and uh, right. so we uh, fished around for a few different uh, people to help. We worked with someone for, I think, just one episode and it didn't work out. So uh, then I just asked my sister if she'd be interested because she's retired. So I thought, you know, this is something that she could do. And she liked, she loves the podcast. She listens to it. And so she, she jumped on it. And so she does half the 
research. Like she'll research every other episode. Nice. Gives you guys a little break. Because how is it working a full-time job and doing a weekly podcast plus plus your apostrophe I have no social life. <laughs> uh, yeah, my kids don't know who I am. So um, right. <laughs> if I saw them on the street, I would have recognized them. So. Right. <laughs> no. And you know, if you see them on the street, then you know that they've they've probably eaten and they're breathing. Like yeah, they're, 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 right. still oh, they're still alive. alive. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right on. You're doing your job. Yeah. Your job. <laughs> no, How many just... kids do you guys have? Oh, uh, I have, have two. two. Mine yeah. are in elementary school. And mine are, are... mine are grown. Yeah. yeah. Yours are grown, so you have yeah. a little bit of less demand at home for you. Yes, yeah. So I have more time to do the research and stuff, but it literally takes up almost all of my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we take <laughs> breaks. Has your husband had about enough of it yet? Uh, luckily, <laughs> I jettisoned that guy 20 years ago, so. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you it's just me empty yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i do have Whoops. a grandson and uh, uh my daughter she lives in north dakota and so i go up to visit them she came and stayed with me for a while that was rough <laughs> just because you know <laughs> having uh, a seven-year-old around he's like super hyper too so um, yeah. it, it was difficult trying to find the time to do all the things that I needed to do. Um, right. But, you know, it was great having him here. But then they went back to North Dakota. And now I'm now I'm here again alone, which is fine. Because i got a lot of work to do. <laughs> well, at least you had the foresight there. You know, you're sitting there in 2002. And you think, you know, someday I'm going to want to make a podcast. So I need to get I need to lose the dead weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nothing but slow you down. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get let's go ahead and get into this case that we're going to cover today. It's super okay. interesting. It's a and, and it's another one. It's one of the reasons I like your guys' show so much. Is it's another case that I have not never heard, heard of. of. Uh uh-uh. uh. And which is pretty crazy because it's a uh, uh, it's it's a spree killing. I would call it. Ten people were killed. Uh, I would um, call it a mass mass murder. Mass murder, probably yeah. more appropriate. Yeah, spree would be like multiple, like mm-hmm. in a day, different places, across, right? Across, yeah. yeah, different different locations. So this was a Thai Buddhist, or yeah, Thai Buddhist temple in Wild Waddell, Arizona, and uh, there were nine victims, um, and they were mostly monks, um, one nun, and then uh, one Thai boy. Yeah. So tell us about this. It took place in 1991 in Waddell, Arizona, right? At at this temple, so it is interesting because we have the part that really got got my attention. And I find really interesting is the uh, interrogation tactics yes. of the yeah. officers. So go ahead and br- break the case down for us, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the ups and downs of the investigation. So this murder occurred on August in August of 1991 in Waddell, Arizona. Um, it was a like I said, a Thai Buddhist temple. Um, it's pronounced Wad Kumaran, but uh, it's spelled differently. Um, there's another podcast that covers this story in depth and goes through all of the um I think it's called evidence. Framed. Yeah, right. it's called Framed. And uh, they had somebody um, do all the pronunciation. So I would have pronounced it differently. Thank God I listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> Was that um, Aaron from, from Generation yes. Y's podcast? 
Frank? Um, yeah. You know, uh, I, 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 he said his name was Aaron, so I, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, yeah, I guess yeah, that's, I, that's I didn't Aaron realize that. Oh, I didn't realize that. I did not yeah. realize that either. Whoa, mind blown. Whoa, mind blown. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, was, I, I, it, was, it was pretty, it was so in-depth, and it was like, I loved how he like flexed. He was like, I have read every single piece of paper from this entire case, and there's tons of misinformation out there, so don't listen to them. Listen to me. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's impressive. Aaron always be flexed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll add on to that. And by the way, we were one of the very first true crime podcasts ever. He's been. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, it was he's an, definitely it was an, honor an OG. To meet him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So these uh, these people were murdered in the temple. Like I said, it was mostly monks, one nun, and then a Thai boy. He, he was, I think, he was. Uh, a teenager. 17. Yeah, 17. 17. Yeah. And um, at first, the police thought there was a, a drug connection or possibly a gang connection. Um, but then they they found th- there was a guy in Tucson who called the police and, and said that uh, it, it's more in depth than this. But he basically confessed that he was part of the murders and he brought in uh, four other people who he said uh, committed the murders. So the police brought them in and did some really horrible interrogation, um, kept them long hours, uh, just really um, pounded them until they confessed, except for one guy. Four of them confessed. The other guy never did. And so they thought, oh, we solved this. It's it's done. But it turns out these guys, nev- they didn't do it. <laughs> they didn't have anything to do with right. it. Meanwhile, yeah. the evidence wasn't like tested completely right. yeah. um, until a month after the incident happened. Um, what else I think I it was actually that? longer than that. So they... They there's two teenagers um, that were eventually arrested for the crime, Jonathan Duty and Alex Garcia, and they had been uh, pulled over on the Luke Air Force Base and they had a rifle with them. It was a Marlin rifle, which the police had determined was the the type of gun that was used in the crime. So the police um they ended up getting the marlin rifle uh that also is a kind of a long story but they had the marlin rifle but they didn't test it they just put it in a room like the the office like in the corner of the office and they didn't test it for six weeks because they had these four other guys that had confessed to the crime and they were Mm -hmm. sure that these other guys had done it um they eventually did test the rifle and it turned out that it was a match to the crimes. And so they arrested Alex Garcia and got him to confess. And he said he committed the crime with Jonathan duty, who they were both teenagers in high school. And, um, Alex Garcia, he, uh, he was in a gang. Uh, he was kind of a bad dude. Um, Jonathan duty. He did not have any kind of history like that. And, we think that Jonathan Duty is innocent. Um, yeah. We think that Alex Garcia uh, named him as a suspect because um, he was afraid to name the real guy who committed the crimes, um, who was well, Raleigh. How can you pronounce his name? Raleigh Karatachia. Yeah. 
Raleigh Karatachia was also in a gang and um, he was older and he was kind of scary. And we think that Alex Garcia, rather than snitching on Raleigh uh, Karatachia and named Jonathan Duty, who is a friend of his um, and was Thai and, and uh, his family went to the temple, uh, named him as the one of the perpetrators because he was afraid of Raleigh Karatachia. Was the, did he have to name a second? Because there were two guns used, right? They were all shot in the there back. There were the two 22. guns. Right, wait, the, there was a Marlin twenty-two and a shotgun. Mm-hmm. So most of the people were shot with the Marlin. Uh, I think there was like twenty-one shell casings, and something like seventeen of them were from the Marlin, and the rest of them were from the shotgun. Mm-hmm. And there were also uh, boot prints which were uh, cold combat boot prints. So they knew that these, at least one of the guys was wearing cold combat boots, which um, Alex Garcia and Jonathan Duty were both in the ROTC. So they they had those kinds of boots. Um, Mm -hmm. They were able to um, retrieve boots that matched from Alex Garcia, but they never uh, were able to match anything to Jonathan Duty. And but they had again had both confessed at some point, right? Jonathan Duty never, never did. He confessed. maintains his innocence no. still to this day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alex Garcia did confess, um, but as I said, he named Jonathan as his uh, co-conspirator. Uh, I, I think the police really uh, pushed him hard to get the other uh, person because they knew there were two. Right, well, and it's and it's this case really speaks to the interrogation tactics. First of all, anybody that says, uh, you know, wrongful or uh, false confessions don't happen. You know, you have the, the, in the first round, you have four different people that all confessed to something right. mm-hmm. that it was later proven that they didn't. They do. didn't. It had nothing to do with. Yeah. Right. So, so that that gives you an idea of how you know common it actually is. Are there people um, who think that false confessions don't happen? Yeah, there, there are. Oh, yeah. No. In every case we have, <laughs> oh, you know, if, you, if you start talking about the West Memphis Three case or even the Adon Sayed case with Jay Wilds or, um, you know, any the case I just covered in our season 10, which is the Jennifer Jeffley case, was a 15 year old uh, black girl in um, who was interrogated by a group of white cops for like seven Oh, my hours. God. There's that's no terrifying. Lawyer. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of what happened to duty in this case. I say that as a black person because I am naturally skeptical of law enforcement. So I, I I mean, a confession. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, they probably beat him up or, you know, um, interrogated him. She's always skeptical about confessions. Do you know know how hard it is to get people to, and and admittedly, so I've had over the seven years I've been doing this work have had a big change in the way I view a lot of things because I grew up in a bubble. I live in very rural uh, Southwest Michigan. Um, and you know, I've had what my experience has been with police plus as a fireman. So I worked with cops all the time. Mm-hmm. So for example, you know, there's a, there's a, a group of guys, I know older guys. And every time there's been like um, a police shooting or anything like that, that, that gets highly publicized. All I hear is, well, if they would just comply, if they would just comply, and right, right, um, oh my you know, God, oh, and it's it, it. I'm in an interesting position in that because of the fact that I've kind of lived in both worlds, 
you know, okay. as right. far as one this one is far more enlightened and understands other people's perspectives a lot better now than I did when I was younger. And these guys, it's like I know that they're not intentionally like it's it's just ignorance. It, it literally is. It's not, it's not like they're they're not educated. Yeah, yeah. They think mm-hmm. about every interaction I've had with the police. Yeah, and whatever they told me to do, I just did it, and everything was fine. Right, and they don't understand the fear in the black community. Yeah, yeah. There was the case where the the officer she thought she says she thought she was trying she was pulling a taser and actually I don't remember the oh yeah she shot him in Oklahoma yeah yeah and that's what I was hearing people say you know it's like in the world I live in professionally you know everybody is really you know taking a, a good hard honest look at what happened there and the mistakes she made and then I was like and there's this other world of people that are just like local to this little area that are like if you had just not fought her that wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened yeah, yeah. Um, wow well it, there's a lot to unpack there <laughs> right so much just, yeah uh, boy oh boy uh, and yeah. and I have to say that before we started this podcast um I did not know a lot of the things uh, Wendy's taught me a, a lot, and it's made me look at things in a different way. So um, it's it changes been, you, yeah, it does. Right? It, it really does because you know, like I've had conversations with seventy-year-old white men about that case that you know that I was that I was talking with, and I'm, I'm like, it's easy for you to say based on your experience, but you don't know. Neither do I, but you don't know. What were the last 10 interactions that that individual had with the police? Right. Like, you know, I like I, t- I learned a ton. Uh, Saad Chowdhury, who's Rabia's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I spent quite a bit of time like walking the streets of Baltimore with him uh, during our season one. And he was like showing me a lot and explaining to me. And I met some people and it was like, my God, I didn't even know this world exists from my little place. This is right. Like, yeah. Cops don't act this way. Yeah. Like what you're describing. And then I met Michael A. Wood, who was a former Baltimore cop, and he's telling me stories about the things he's witnessed. I was like, you would look at this person fighting and trying to get away a little differently if you knew that the day before he was just standing in his yard and some cops pulled over and threw him to the ground, beat the shit out of him, searched his pockets, didn't find anything. I'm and putting left. my microphone on my chest. Can you hear my heart beating very fast? It's gonna- <laughs> I I appreciate um, you sort of bringing this up um, and understanding that there is an experience that um, you might not be familiar with. But I also want to add that the experience between um, police officers and policing and communities of color is it's it's a longer period than just like the day before or 10 days. It's, it's like right. hundreds of years of generational sure. like trauma, like sl- policing in America comes from slave patrols from right. slave catchers. And the, there's ne- never been a pullback from that, um, that, that energy. Um, and I will also say that um, police, um, maybe the world, there is a fear of the black body. That when when you're around a black body and you might do this un, un, unintentionally, I know I do it when I'm around white people, like tense up a little bit because I don't know if they're going to I don't know what they're finna do, if they're going to shoot me or if they're going to call the police on me. I don't know. Right. But this, tell, the, tell the story about your your husband in the gym. Oh, my husband, my husband. We call him old whitey on the show. He's a 
an old white guy who grew up in Montana. I don't think he met a, a, a black person until he was a teenager. Anyway, good guy, though. Um, and we live in Atlanta now. And so he went after the Buffalo shooting. He went to the gym and uh-huh. in our black community. And, he, and he, he noticed it was palpable how everybody was watching him to make sure he wasn't like digging in his pockets, wearing any bulletproof vests, you know, like just extra what's, careful. What's this guy going to do to us? Yeah. yeah. What is he going right. to do? And that yeah. is, that is the black experience all the time. Yeah. So anyway, I just, it, it it's, it's a long conversation, but what I want you to understand is it is, um, it's, your experience as a as a white person and and your ancestors experience as a white person um as well as my experience my current and the generational um uh stuff that comes with just existing in the bodies that we have so yeah and i and i think it's and i know it's off topic really from what we were talking about here but i I think it's important to have these conversations because i need to be educated the people listening to this need to be educated and and i don't know that we can ever understand or put her, you know, I, I always tell a story that was an eye opener for me years ago when we first, uh, a couple of years into the podcast, when I had hired Mike, our editor, uh, or was our editor back then, we had airsoft guns and we were always goofing around. He lived like a neighborhood over from me and would walk to work. And we had set up this like contest where we would like literally like hide and shoot each other with airsoft guns on the way to and from from work. Oh my and, God, that sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. So I mean, we're wearing ghillie suits, laying in people's pine oh trees, God. shooting each other with. Like, it got wow, white but, guys are crazy. That would never happen with me or my counterparts. We can't play with guns and even squirt guns in the front of the house. It's not. That's exactly the. Allowed. So this is what happens is. And I was I was telling the story on the podcast, and mm-hmm. and Robbie Ashaudry, a good friend of mine, was listening, um, and she texted me about it because I was, we were running around. Somebody, somebody had called the police because they just saw two guys running around carrying what appeared to be assault rifles. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Jeez. jump to a few minutes later. I'm standing in my front yard with it's an airsoft gun. It's a toy, but it looks like a real rifle. With Mike hiding behind the house, and I'm trying to like get a shot at Mike, and I feel a tap on my shoulder, <laughs> and, so, and it's one of our local police officers. And I was like, "Oh, hey!" And he's like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, it's an airsoft gun. We're just." He's like, "Can you not do that? Can you Maybe not?" <laughs> when there are like the school buses are about to come home, people are a little nervous about this, and I was like. Yeah, be happy to put it away. Sorry about that. And it was kind of embarrassing. I tell the story. And then Robbie was like, do you know how different of an interaction that would have been if you weren't white? Yeah. And yeah. it was like, and it was. He, um, you said he tapped you, you, you on the shoulder. He dead. didn't fire a bullet <laughs> yeah. into your shoulder? I'm yeah, confused. you right, yeah, dead. He didn't shoot me or tackle me or anything. And it was, but it, but you know, it, it was an eye-opening experience. It's kind of a funny story, but it is. Like we talk about white privilege without ever really understanding it, I think you know from, yeah. from a lot of people, especially again, depends on the bubble you live in. Right. You yeah. Know, like a- around here, that never like in my mind, that's how it would have went with anybody. And Rabia said that to me, and I thought, like, oh. she's so right. Like yeah. even here, if one of my black friends was doing that, right, the interaction would have been very different. Way different. At the yeah. least. At the least, there would have been gun drawn, guns drawn on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, shout out to you for. If things went well, 
Yeah. <laughs> Things yeah. could have been, there would have been guns drawn on them. Yeah. But I just, I just think it's important for people to start to understand or try to understand the different worlds that people live in. And that's, yeah, that's, that's what something. we try to do yeah. with the show with, yep. with Fruit Loops is that's just really have important an understanding. to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and you guys do a great job. I know that's a mission of your show and yes. like the educational aspect. It, it's a, Fruit Loops is a great listen because it's fun. You get you get an education on the case, but then you also get a, a, an education into culture and background. And you guys have pulled that. That's a that's a tough balancing act, and you guys pull it off pretty masterfully. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we say that like murder and sexual assault and violence are hard to talk about, but so is race and our differences and oppression. Mm-hmm. So we kind of tackle them all the same way. Like we know we're not perfect at this but we're trying we're trying and we, yeah. we hope that when people listen to our show they'll think you know what beth and wendy were able to have like a civil conversation they're pretty different about you know these kinds of things maybe i could do it too you know so right yeah and we agree and, with you that it's it's important to talk about these things yeah yeah 100 and you guys are able to have those civil discourses and Beth just happens to be white, which is That's not right. She it's is. not yeah, my fault. She, I always say she's, she is my favorite white lady. I have a very short list of favorite white ladies and Beth is at the top. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, their names are Beth and Wendy. The podcast is called Fruit Loops, Serial Killers of Color. Check it out. I'm sure it'll be your next big true crime binge. Beth, Wendy, both of you, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for the work you do. It's been great meeting you and spending some time getting to know you. Oh, well, thank yeah, you. It's this, been this awesome. Was super rad. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. True Crime Binge is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Audioboom. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing. Music and artwork by Shane Yoder of PutThemInASong.com. Our website, TrueCrimeBinge.com, was created by Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com. If you're a listener and would like to recommend a future guest or a podcaster that would like to request an interview, you can do so right on our website. And again, that web address is TrueCrimeBinge.com. If you're enjoying the show, Please do me a huge favor and take a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're using to listen. And make sure you give us a follow on social media. We can be found everywhere at True Crime Binge. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you tune in next Wednesday morning for another podcaster, another case, and another True Crime Binge.